Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units, stand by for On Patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, uh, Pittsfield Community Radio, and simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm one of the co-hosts, co-producers of this allegedly weekly radio program. I'm also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield. I'm excited to be back in studio uh, during our news segment. I'll talk a little bit about why I've been out of the studio. Uh, I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matt Hill, who's running the soundboard solo. Good morning. Nice job so far, Lieutenant. And we have a very special guest joining us this morning, uh, and I can't wait to introduce her, but we're going to do that after, after a check of the weather and a couple news items. So, Matt, let's get to the weather. Here is your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, April 29th. Greetings! Today, sunny with a high of 53. Tonight, mostly clear, with a low of 32. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, with a high of 57. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! I'm glad that Jacob managed to read the date into his weather report because I forgot to read it into my intro. Um, in news items, I think I want to lead off with the report uh, taken from the this morning's Berkshire Eagle, unfortunately delivered uh, as part of the weekly health department update by our colleague and former guest, uh, Director Andy Camby. The city has creeped back into the red zone, according to our own metrics on our, our city's dashboard based on um, transmission rates and positivity rates. Um, largely attributable to the school vacation, uh, school break, and Easter gatherings. But Director Camby doesn't expect it to trend upward. Um, it's, it's probably a, a surge, um, and he's not overly alarmed about it. Also, uh, obviously in this week's news, specifically related to the department, the department released a media release uh, on our preliminary force investigation team uh, report on the recent officer-involved shooting. We released the officers' names. Uh, it's important to remember that's a preliminary force investigation report. The force investigation investigation continues, as does the independent investigation by the district attorney's office. Um, not also related to the department, not related to that. Uh, one of the reasons that I I have not been in studio, particularly last Friday, and this is gonna this is gonna occur for the next five months is that we were finally with the cooperation of our colleagues out at Berkshire Community College to bring back the city of Pittsfield's uh, internal leadership Academy it's a program the department created a few years ago for ourselves and then at the request of mayor Tyre a couple of years ago expanded it to include other city departments uh, including well, our morning's guest who is a graduate of that joint academy and this year we've actually expanded it again in addition to police department personnel and other city personnel we have a staff member from Berkshire Community College joining us and so we brought the program back in an abbreviated form last Friday and uh, when we normally would have been on the air I was out at the college uh, coordinating and facilitating that class and then in the last news item I want to mention, and I don't have the program with me, and I can't find the specifics of it uh, online, fortunately. Um, last night, I was very excited to attend an event on behalf of the Berkshire County Kids Place, um, our local ch children's advocacy center. Um, the first in-person gathering that the Kids Place has been able to have really since the start of the pandemic. Um, and it, it, it wasn't like a gala or anything. It was, it was very informal. But they wanted to recognize, um, they wanted to recognize the committed volunteers and uh, local leaders and uh, people with community who impact the community. And their community uh, awardee this year was Officer Darren Derby. And so uh, Darren and Winston were in attendance um, and they were recognized and feted. And it was awesome to see. Um, that our community recognized the outstanding 
outreach work and engagement work that Officer Derby continues to do, including creating our Comfort Dog program. So that was fun. It was an interesting and exciting evening. It's the first time since the beginning of the pandemic that, that you know, we were able to interact with some, some of the more influential um, community leaders from business organizations and other community organizations. So that was a positive thing. It was exciting. Uh, down in Lenox, it was awesome. But enough about that. So without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce this morning's guest. Uh, our guest this morning is Ms. Mrs. Justine Dodds from the city's Department of Community Development, the newly, relatively newly formally appointed Director of Community Development, but a longtime member of the Community Development Department. So welcome, Justine. Thanks for coming out this morning. Thank you for having me. Too. You're going to need to get a little bit closer to that mic. Sorry, thank it's you okay. for having me. <laughs> um, and in keeping with the the program that we've kind of started to adopt in in the last several months here on the program or on the show, um, we we want to continue to invite our colleagues from other city departments and allow them to talk about some of the great work they do um, and and share this platform so that you know we can. We get to talk a lot here about the PD, but we can't do anything we do alone. Uh, so, Justine, normally when we uh, have an outside guest on, actually all the time, even when it's a, a, an internal guest, we ask them to start by telling us a little bit about themselves, you know, where they're from and how they ended up working with the city and kind of, you know, what they do outside of work. Okay. Um, so, I was born in Pittsfield. I'm a Pittsfield native um, and grew up here. Um, and after college, after graduating college, um, I moved out west, um, primarily because at the time I, I had graduated with a degree in English and I didn't know where or what to do with that. And there wasn't a lot of opportunities here at that time. I, I didn't know a, you were an English major. I was, I yes. too was an English major. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, a time uh, in the city's history when there just and, and it was a recession and it just wasn't a lot of opportunities. So moved out west, um, and uh, found really liked it out there, but just found how expensive. Is, is it that was. the trip where you lived on the roof? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to blow up your spot, but that's that was Go fascinating. It. You got to at least give our, our viewers and listeners a little snippet about why you lived on a roof. Okay, so. <laughs> um, as I say, my friend and I decided we were gonna we were gonna go somewhere else and just you know we were young a lot younger um, and we went camping so we we took uh, a tent and travel cross country got to see quite a bit of the United States ended up uh, in the Bay Area in San Francisco um, where as it still is um, housing was scarce and extremely expensive so we uh, had he had a brother who was renting an apartment out there that had a rooftop so we ended up pitching our tent there and sleeping on the roof for a couple of weeks until um, I woke up one morning it was right above a, a tram stop and I woke up one morning dreaming that I was being run over by a tram and then we decided the, the, <laughs> that was enough the dream is horrifying but this story <laughs> is amazing I mean, you, you were right out of college right, right so out of college 22 yeah. 23 years old yep exactly that's amazing yeah all right sorry for derailing your biography um, but a lot of that <laughs> has to do with why I do what I do now and I think that's probably because um, you know it was hard to find somewhere to live there um, and so it took it took time. We had jobs. We were working. Um, ended up staying in like a youth hostel type environment where you could rent a bed um, for a couple of months until we could find housing. Um, and then the reverse is true that I was out there for about twelve years, and then um, just everything became was so expensive. And I thought I'm paying an awful lot of what I'm working my salary just towards rent mortgage and if I was back home I could have a great deal more um, and I had little kids at the time so I also wanted to be closer to my family but ended up moving moving back here um, and have been with the city ever since I started off working at the senior center when my kids were small for a couple of years and some of their programs so I have a good connection with them um, and think uh, 
admire tremendously the work that goes on there, um, and then moved over to the Community Development Office. And I've been there, this will be about 18 years now, um, in various positions, but mainly with the um, Community Development Block Grant and the housing programs. Uh, and now, um, now directing the, the whole office. That is an amazing and fascinating biography. So I, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've worked closely together on, on several projects over the years. Yeah. But for our viewers and listeners who may not, and this, I'm, I'm asking you this because I had a conversation in the community recently, uh, and I, I don't know that everybody knows what the Department of Community Development does. Right. Um, it's a pretty broad mission. It's a so very broad mission. If you just had to yeah. kind of give an elevator pitch about what devel- community development if the city's community development department is, could, could you just start with that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, it's it's really about make it's really about I believe quality of life issues um, for Pittsfield residents, and what we strive to do there is just to um, make the city a great place to live and work, um, and we do that through various different arms. Um, we have. Uh, parks and open space, recreation programs, uh, lake management, those types of things, um, activities which really um, make, like I say, in, in add to the environment that we live in um, and create a healthy, healthy environment for our residents. Uh, and then we also handle land use, zoning issues, um, and then what I think of as more traditional community development activities, which would be um, economic development. So we have small business assistance for people who are um, trying to grow or expand their business. Um, We also have um, housing and neighborhoods work, um, which is, I think, critical. Um, And as I say, that's what my background primarily is in. And I really think it's important what we the work we do with that. If you don't have a healthy and stable place to live really none nothing else really can come together um so i think it's really important um and then we also deal with uh social service programs so we fund a number of those programs through our um some of the funding we have available places like the kids place um and some other programs uh and um then we also do things like uh Handicap accessibility for commercial and residential buildings. Uh, we, we serve with the Commission on Disabilities on, on those issues, trying to make places and spaces accessible for those with disabilities. Um, and um, demolitions, too. Um, you know, blighted buildings, cleaning up neighborhoods, um, and sidewalks. All of that is kind of community development work. So it is kind of a broad, a broad department. It's a massively broad department, and um, thank you for that that outline because I was familiar with almost all of that, but some of it because we're not involved in it, I I forget that you do some of those things. our view, I don't know if I've talked about this on the program before. So for, the, for many years, um, the, uh, the department obtains and, and gives to our, our, all of our staff uh, annual pocket planners, right? Record your mm-hmm. court appearances and stuff. And because we buy them in bulk, we, we usually have surplus. So for the last several years, we share those with our other city departments. And I only bring this up because when my staff and I walk around to distribute them, invariably the department where we have to leave the the by by magnitudes largest stack of these is community development and even though i'm in and out of city hall all the time i always forget the community development occupies like that entire end of the second floor of city hall yeah um pretty much everything other than it and and the legal department is community development on both corridors um and if you just kind of stepped off the staircase of the elevator and looked over, you wouldn't think that that office is, is that expensive. Uh, and so, it, I don't. Where do I want to start? Let's start with parks and open space because that's okay. it's fun and it's timely, yeah. and that's something that we do interact with you on on a right. constant basis. Right, right, right. So parks and open space planning. Um, you know we. Um, the recreation programs. Um, so we just recently had the Easter egg hunt, which was a big event. Um, um, and our staff there works on uh, 
playground programs in the summer, which hopefully will be back uh, in person, we're hoping. Um, lifeguards at uh, Burbank Park is also, um, and the parades, uh, any of those what we call special events. I think that's where we intersect with you quite a bit. Um, we handle the special events permits um, applications. So if somebody wants to hold an event in a city park, um, they come to us and then filter through all the other departments. Uh, so we have a lot of interaction with the public on yeah. those. So I've been involved in special event planning and delivery long before I became the chief of police. I think going back probably to when I was the shift commander on the day shift. And it always amazes me. I know, I know why it happened, but it always amazes me that the responsibility for coordinating special events landed in community development with parks and open spaces. Um, and, you know, uh, Rebecca Manship, Becky Manship, who kind of manages that program and is the point of contact for that application um, process, she does a phenomenal job. But re realistically, it, it landed there because so many of those special events do occur in city parks right. or, or on city open spaces. Right. And so it just made sense that if the ma the major impact was going to be there, that that's where it lay. Um, but it, that has just grown by astronomical it really figures has. since yeah. we started it. Um, that, that really could be a full-time job for her. Yeah, it really and, is a big job. Um, and, and so together with special events, uh, you, you mentioned lifeguards. But I saw the, the post this week. You also now have the boat ramp monitors. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because for, for now, this is inexplicable. Um, the city of Pittsfield has two lakes, um, you know, great Massachusetts great ponds and several smaller ponds and a couple branches of the river. But we don't have any like deep water. But we have a harbor master. We do. <laughs> uh, every community is required to have a harbor master. Right. And our harbor master is also kind of like our, our open spaces manager, um, Jim. And because he's the harbor master, he's responsible for the boat ramp monitors. That's right. Because of zebra mussels. Right. Not really sure how that one landed in community development. <laughs> well, um, I think we do have... We interact with the public a great deal. So yeah. it's not uncommon for people to be coming in to asking a question. And so I think we have that kind of, I hope, uh, you know, warm face of the city. Um, you know, whether you want a permit for chickens in your yard or, you know, you, talking about all that. of those things that, you know, you wouldn't think are sort of housed in community development. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think it comes from. Yeah. But we will have boat monitors mm -hmm. this year. Um, and I think we're expanding it a little bit too nice. because of the issues there. And because your staff is so expansive and because you're involved in so many forward publicly facing functions, collaterally, which I don't I think this actually is something that would normally belong there, you also own the Santa North Pole Calling Program. That's right. I was going to say, yes, you are. A, you have been a committed volunteer for that program for many years. Huh? Still, I think that program is just so, so charming and heartwarming. It's, it's fun. Yeah. But... Uh, Certainly, probably if you went to most communities, most municipalities, community development department, probably not something that they have on their table of organization. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's let's kind of follow this thread. So you, recreation, parks, special events, kind of in one silo, and then butts up against that because of other open spaces, mm -hmm. right? So. Jim doesn't just have the the parks; he has the conservation areas and, does, and pretty yeah. much any other. Yeah rural part of our community right yeah. and we work we also conservation yeah. agent is within our uh, office as well um, because there is so much interplay there between um, development conservation and the open spaces that we try to protect and that are a big part of pittsfield um really yeah, I, for, I completely forgot about the conservation agent and then through that the conservation commission which also brings up an interesting point about your staff you probably pri provide staff support and clerks to more city boards and commissions than any so. other yeah. entity. I absolutely think so. We really do. We have um, we have all the community development board, zoning board of appeals, conservation, um, parks commission, human services advisory council, homelessness advisory council, um, historical commission. There's a CPA as well, uh, community preservation act. Um, Park, our economic uh, revitalization corporation. Um, just there's 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 a lot of boards and commissions. lots of boards and commissions. <laughs> All right. Um, 
So, we did parks. We went through open spaces. Let's talk about conservation a little bit and, okay. and the work that the conservation agent has to do. Yeah. We're going to get to urban community development, okay. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, conservation is, you know, there's a lot of technicalities involved with, you know, if you're trying to um, do development, housing, any of those things. I mean, there's a lot of issues that can come in with stormwater management, wetlands, um, and just preservation of, of open space. Um, and we have a committed board, I think, that handles those issues really well. I mean, it's not, it's, there is a lot of detail required in understanding what the regulations are. And we do, I, I think Rob Vanderkar, our conservation agent, does an excellent job in providing support to the community um, who sometimes are uh, not just uh, are not uh, aware of all of those regulations and how they could potentially affect them. Um, and then also just keeping us within the guidance that we should follow with the state regulations and, and federal, federal regulations too when it comes to um, wetlands protection yeah. and those types of issues you have far-ranging responsibilities yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so um before we get to the more traditional stuff let's stay on that corridor yeah that suite of offices for a minute because you mentioned perk yeah so community development also has a relatively recently expanded role in economic development that's right so you have michael on michael. your team as yeah. well that's right um and that's that's kind of a new uh, well, not, not brand new, but an expanded role of uh, something that maybe was a collateral duty that the administration has kind of focused their attention yeah, on. Yeah, so Mike Cochlea <clears throat> is the business development manager, and I think that he was brought into um, one of the things that the mayor and the administration has been really <clears throat> focused on is, you know, again, um, people coming to Pittsfield and saying, I want to expand my business, I want to br bring jobs, I want to, you know, create a new business um, and to have there was a lot of different entities that were doing pieces of that work that maybe um, really required some some uh, interaction with with kind of one point person who could then say um, and have this people at the table to talk to to that business when we knew what their needs were so whether that's state funding sources or um, our traditional city resources that we have through the community development department and through park um, tax incentives those types of things kind of just to have one person uh, front-facing to say these are what you may be eligible for and how can we help you expand and grow so so prior to the creation of that position and, and that chain of responsibility if somebody wanted to expand their business or if they wanted to create a new business as you said they might be interacting with community development Absolutely. they might be interacting with one berkshire right they might be interacting with community development through perk right uh they might be interacting with PETA that's right, right. for the, the yeah. william stanley business they might be interacting with the commonwealth that's right and yeah. they might have to independently hit all of those entities all themselves of those entities. that's right and the likelihood that an outsider would hit all of them right and get consistent answers from all of them was yeah. pretty low exactly uh, yeah. so so michael's job is to kind of like you know be the point of contact and liaison to all of those entities that's right and and laser focus for those development opportunities right and develop a plan for them what they could be um what resources are there what could help them depending on what their needs are which is really important so this we've got a few minutes left before we have to take a station break and um, so i think i'll i'll kind of lead into the station break with this this will probably surprise our viewers and listeners so we talked numerous times on the show in the past that the department you know seriously needs a new facility needs a new headquarters mm -hmm. and we're going back you know i guess almost eight years now with the department's work on the feasibility of a new police headquarters and so when i was given permission uh directed to bring out a consultant and start that process it was the department it was just the police department uh and so we got the feasibility study done it's spaced on we started looking for some locations uh and we didn't really get much farther than that. The feasibility study just kind of sat on the table for a long time. A lot of discussion around it, but no real path forward. Uh, the second time we kind of dusted that off, I was, it was expanded, and it was the police department and finance. Mm -hmm. um, and and we still, you know, we couldn't gain any momentum. And it wasn't until, it's, it's probably two years ago now, eight, 18 months ago, where in a meeting with with the mayor and you know between the police department finance and purchasing that the mayor finally said 
looping community development. And so your predecessor, Deanna Roofer, um, you know, she, we met with her and some members of your staff several times, including Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, I think probably one of the most amazing things that your staff was able to do, we gave them the parameters that were contained in the feasibility study as far as square footage and acreage recommended from the consultants. And at that time, we were probably looking at 12 potential sites that had been identified by our consultants, basically with a windshield survey. They just Mm -hmm. drove around and said, that would work, that would work. We gave it to community development, and in a matter of days, using a computer search, you were able to come back with like almost 80 sites that we we just had no idea existed. Now, they're not all city-owned, so they're not all appropriate, but it dramatically expanded what we could look like or look at. And then the other thing that that allowed was Michael could identify existing commercial properties that might have been suitable. Right. So it's completely changed the conversation about how we might move forward with the headquarters project. Uh, so not only are you public-facing and serving the city, you also have internal constituents that you can yes. that you do work for. Yes, we do. Um, we have we've made a lot of uh, our mapping and GIS system. We have some uh, people on staff. Nate Joyner, who's now a community development program manager, um, is absolutely excellent with that. Um, can pinpoint and show maps and tell us exactly where is what. We do a lot of that same type of work when we're looking at you know neighborhoods how many are owner occupied are there you know where are the tenants where are the um where can we focus efforts um but but absolutely yeah and with michael's help michael also coakley tends to know too um especially on the commercial side what's available and what that space is like right so and that's exactly what what happened nate did nate just basically did a, a gis and a um assessor search and he's like these are the, these are the properties that meet your parameters and it was fast mm-hmm. um so last of maybe the really unconventional things before we we take our first our break you also through cj have the the cannabis industry no. in, oh. <laughs> Yes, we do. Well, <laughs> also, we're not sure how that landed with community development. Yeah. Well, I think there was a lot, a lot planning and zoning and, and, and where space, where we wanted to direct those businesses. I mean, that was sort of one of those things that we had to learn as we went along. There wasn't a lot of direction from the state it's still once evolving. it passed. Yeah, yeah, it's continually evolving. Um, so I think we took that on ourselves to say where would we where would the these uses be permitted how many do we want and what do we want it to look like in in Pittsfield so um, and it's and we're still working through some of those issues um, all the time that the legislation changes it seems it seems constantly constantly yeah it's, it's constantly evolving we're constantly getting um, direction or updates from the Cannabis Control Commission and that's another part that's another functional area where the police department and community development intersect closely because the location and the planning and the sites and the community impact you have but one of the things that potential cannabis um, distributors or cultivators have to do is as they're going through the permitting process with the Cannabis Control Commission they are required to submit site security and safety plans to right. the police department. That's right. So we have a team, uh, formerly, formerly led by uh, Captain Michael Grady, now led by, you know, co-host Captain Gary Traversa, that has to meet with them as right. they're going through the process and go out and um, visually and physically inspect these potential locations and then inspect them prior to opening. And so um, that that's another place that you know, 15 years ago, somebody said, "Oh yeah, you know." Police Department and Community Development, they're going to be, you know, getting uh, onboarding the cannabis distributors. I said, that's not really in our lane, but now it is. Yeah, it's amazing how far that has changed things. The All right, so it's crazy, right? Yeah. So we're coming up um, almost on the half hour. Let's get another check of the weather, station identification, and some PSAs, and then we'll come back and we'll shift to actual traditional community development. Okay, great. <laughs> WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, April 29th. Greetings! Today, sunny with a high of 53. Tonight, mostly clear with a low of 32. 
Tomorrow, mostly sunny, with a high of 57. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Support for WTBR comes from Sandrini Enterprises, providing awnings and canopies in western Massachusetts. Retractable awnings, retractable screens, gutter and gutter protection systems, commercial awnings and screen rooms. Customized solutions available online at Sandrini.com. And from KB Accounting, having a hard time filling that bookkeeping position? Are you just looking for more transparency from your bookkeeper? Maybe you're so busy you find yourself falling behind on your billing and payments. KB Accounting can help with all that. Online at kbaccountingpittsfield.com or call 464-0245. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Better weather is around the corner. Expect an increase in the number of pedestrians on walkways, cyclists sharing our roads, and kids playing outside. It is imperative we all pay better attention while driving, walking, running, and cycling. So we need to do our part in keeping everyone safe by adhering to the rules of the road. Wear bright clothing if you are walking or running. If you are driving, please slow down and don't drive while distracted. Pay attention. Let's keep each other safe. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Pittsville residents, have you heard about Code Red? It's the city's emergency alert program, and it keeps you informed on the latest updates and notifications, including but not limited to weather-related emergencies, road closures, and water main breaks. So stay connected and be informed. Text Pittsfield to 99411 to enroll or visit cityofpittsfield.org to sign up. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. And so I don't get scolded by Officer Derby, I have to remind you, also available on all of your popular podcast platforms. If you're just joining us, uh, my name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the city of Pittsfield. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matt Hill, sound engineer, uh, solo sound engineer. And our guest this morning is Justine Dodds, Director of Community Development for the City of Pittsfield. And we've been talking about some of the more maybe unusual or unconventional functions that her department plays. And we're going to pivot a little bit back to maybe the more the, what people would more expect. Right. But since we've been on the unusual side, let's kind of go back over and start with maybe one of the more unconventional things that kind of sits in urban community development that you mentioned, and that's sidewalks. That's right, yeah. Um, most of that is through public works, but we we do uh, public input. That's one of the things when we do public input for how to improve neighborhoods and what people want, it's almost always mentioned, sidewalks. Um, and so we are allowed to spend some of our community development block grant funding on sidewalks. We usually will partner with public works so that um, we can um, really do more with less yeah Yeah. um and have uh a separate source but um they are pretty good at identifying it um you know where the problems are which sidewalks are most in need of replacement but it's a it's a issue that comes up without fail um all the time for neighborhoods it's really important so replacement or creation i I, if you grew up here as we all did um you can remember that it, when a, a lot of our neighborhoods were originally developed and constructed, secondary streets didn't have sidewalks. That's it was right. very unusual. Uh, and it didn't matter because individual car homeowner, individual family car ownership was kind of unusual too. That's right. um, why you see so many of our, our residential neighborhoods that don't have garages yeah. or they have little tiny garages. And so if you're commuting, you're walking, walking to school, walking to work, public transportation, no sidewalks. And uh, as, the, as the city has grown, um, neighborhoods have changed, new development has happened, 
a, a lot of families want sidewalks in their residential neighborhoods and with the increased traffic volume we need them yeah. so uh, i know you know i i live in the neighborhood i grew up in i, I live you know 200 yards from the house i grew up in i do too yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> um, my my street did not have sidewalks yeah. at, at all right yeah. it just didn't exist and um i don't know when probably in the probably in the 90s you know public works came in and reconfigured the neighborhood expanded the road and yeah. and put in sidewalks yeah yeah and that's some of the work you'll see going on on tyler yeah. street at the moment is you know making our our urban neighborhoods and our downtowns and in just neighborhoods more accessible to pedestrians people who want to bike yeah. people who um have disabilities that maybe you know yeah. we don't talk we don't talk about bike and Don't, bike lanes no, on the program anymore. Um, but you know what I didn't do in the news, which I we knew it was coming. I didn't know it was happening, but we saw them out the window, and then they were flying around yesterday. The electric scooters are here. Oh, that's right, the bird. <laughs> the yeah, bird electric the bird scooters here. are here. Yeah. Uh, it's a really interesting program. It's an interesting program. Yeah, I think it, we're one of the um, few. They they've been rolled out in a number of different places, but I think we're one of the more um, rural. Uh, areas that they they want to try but it's um, a lot of people you know are interested in more uh, green and just easier ways to get to work in the morning I had a meeting at fire headquarters yesterday morning and on my way from Allen Street to Columbus they were already well in use yes. uh, there there was bunches of them uh, we're gonna have to put out some directives on, on how and where to ride them not, mm -hmm. i don't think they're supposed to be on the sidewalk they're not they're absolutely <laughs> not there's <laughs> it, there's actually a sticker i ran by when i ran down north street this morning there's a sticker that says uh for not for use on sidewalks well they weren't reading that sticker yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well, so lieutenant i mean this is this is something we're going to have to contend with right it's it's unenforceable we haven't been able to do anything because the district court basically told us not but technically the ordinance still prohibits wheeled conveyances on the sidewalk on south street and north street between west Usatonic and bmc it's just you're not supposed to have them mm -hmm. um you know the bike lanes it's there's no really no reason for them to be there but right. um all right so your passion community development now we're going to get into like the the, the housing mm -hmm. stuff which is where you spend your team spends a lot of your time. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I think our our main issue in Pittsfield is the age of our housing stock. So this is a statistic that I repeat continually, which I think is kind of surprising to people. But 43% of Pittsfield's housing was built prior to 1939. So and that is way higher than the state average. Um, and so <coughs> That really creates a host of issues. Um, mainly, aging housing has health health issues. Uh, there's lead tends to be lead paint, asbestos, um, inefficiency in their heating systems and insulation. Buried fuel tanks in the yard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the city has had a really robust housing rehab program for the last 40 years. Um, and what we do there, because I think it's critical to to invest in in that housing and um you know demolition is the end of the road we never want to get there um sometimes we have to um but i think rehab is a, a really significant focus for the department so we do emergency work um sewer lines heating systems and then you know anything that's kind of code related. Um, we do lead paint abatement for families with um, children under six and um, landlords who want to de-lead. Uh, and then, you know, roofs, all those windows, all of those types of things. Um, and a number of years ago, um, the mayor recognizing that housing really is kind of an economic development issue as well, um, put some of the, uh, put some city funds into an at-home in Pittsfield program, um, which really um, focused on the exterior of housings and just kind of um, making places more efficient and, and more attractive and in increasing the value of people's homes, which I think is really important. So I want to go back to your your statistic and your facts about housing stock for a minute. I don't I don't think you and I have ever spoken about this. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know if you know this. So when I first started working for the city, I was at the resource center and it was grant funded. It was part time. Right. Uh, and so at the time, you know, I, 
I had some connections in the community because I grew up here. And um, Peter Lafayette, yeah. who was formerly the, the executive director and president of Berkshire Housing Development Corporation, he basically just said, "Come to work for me, and I'll give you the other the other twenty hours." Right? Wow! And my my job when I worked with Peter and Elton was to take the list provided from the city of vacant properties, resident and residential and commercial, and go to them, photograph them, document them, and get the condition. And that was the first time. I had no background in housing. I didn't know. I, I could read a map, right? I could work a camera. Um, that was the first time somebody who was in that world ever said to me, demolition is, is the last step. We don't ever want to get there. And I couldn't understand it because some of these houses were in deplorable condition. Yeah. And they had been abandoned in some cases for years. Some of them were tied up in probate and right. tax title. Um, and it, it really took some hard conversations in the 90s. And I, I, I want to credit your predecessor with this, because I think Deanna is really the, the person who kind of steered the conversation away, where we would start to look at maybe a, um, a, a badly deteriorated residential structure on a tiny little lot, mm-hmm. uh, and st- between two other structures on tiny little lots. And we might say, that, that structure that's on this list it, it doesn't have any contemporary value, but it may to the a butter right. if they want to, you know, get to a, a buildable lot. Uh, and so, it, I was fascinated with how much time and energy people would spend to keep what really was an uninhabitable structure yeah. standing. Yeah. Um, from an outsider, I was like, just tear it down. <laughs> yeah, I know people. Well, you know, housing represents so many things to the yeah. person who's in that house. You know, it's safety, it's yeah. security, it's you know, maybe there's a family history there. Um, so really, like I say, we we never really want to get to get to demolition, and we try to do everything we can to prevent um, getting there. It, and and you do a good job of doing that. But sometimes when they have to go, they have to go. They really do. Um, yeah. Because you, you'll see that, I mean, we've, we know from the, from law enforcement side, you can see if something has really in, been vacant and abandoned for a long time, um, it becomes a blight and a drain yeah. on the neighborhood. You know, sometimes it, there's this, illegal activity, squatters, there's squatters, drug sales, exactly. yep. yeah. um, it becomes a safety issue. Yeah. You know, and that's th- not healthy for the neighbors know, either. A lot of them get put on the, um, no interior firefighting list. Right. If you if you ever see the big red X on the front of a vacant structure, that tells the fire department don't come in here, <laughs> right? It, exterior attack only. Um, so we didn't. You you kind of alluded to it, but you you do a lot of rehabilitation programming mm-hmm. and and grant work, and I don't know if it still exists. Do you still have the receivership program? Absolutely. That is that's something that we've had that for, I want to say five years, but. Prior to having that, we really were stuck with a lot of these properties that were, as you say, tied up in an estate, were in long delinquent tax title. It just takes such an inordinate amount of time to get them through that process um, that they really were a blight and a drain on the neighborhood, but maybe, like you say, still had some value. Um, And so the receivership program has really been amazing in that we we partner with the um, state attorney general's office to provide some legal assistance for going through the court to apply to appoint a receiver for these properties and then the receiver um, basically goes in and brings it up to code and and makes sure it's uh and then it's disposed of in another manner um but it it's basically put back on the tax roll put back into um uh life really yeah that that program was a game changer. Yeah, it really um, is, and so. it continues to be. All right, so what else is going on in community development? Um, well, we did a lot. I just want to mention, too, that we, we had, some, during the pandemic, we did receive some um, federal money that was uh, kind of doubled the amount that we usually get that was specifically for activities for regulating to COVID um, prepare, you know, responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so a lot of the need that we saw there, I mean, we did su- we did su- a rental assistance program for tenants or um, homeowners who couldn't pay their, pay their uh, rent or mortgage because they lost their employment or their, you know, kids were not at school. Um, we did, uh, but, but a lot of what we saw there was a need from our small businesses. So we ended up um, investing quite a bit of um, 
quite a bit of those funds in helping our, and these were really kind of what we call micro enterprises, small businesses, um, with, with they have five or fewer employees, um, but they really were kind of one of those things that makes up the character of the city. Um, and there was really important to try to keep them here. So we, we put a lot of funds into that um, and really, I think, helped, helped people stay alive and afloat during that time. Um, and then the other the other thing we, we also put some funds in there was kind of some homelessness response things because there's a lot, um, there was a lot of uh, spaces were closed. We were able to put a warming shelter um, so that people could, could go and get food and services and charge their phone and, you know, when, uh, when these other spaces were closed. Um, and, um, yeah, I think housing is going to be the focus for the next couple of years. There's some really, um, you know, there's a we're hearing that that the um, we just have a housing shortage of just every type of housing, whether that's you know market rate apartments, affordable, certainly other affordable housing is is challenged at the moment, and people are really having a hard time uh, finding places um, at the moment. So there will be, I think, some some projects coming along the line. It's time to get some some more housing. And, and so one of the you mentioned the warming shelter and again something that your department kind of spearheaded and and provided resources for but not something the city could do alone so again exactly. another yeah. a, another outreach and partnership in this case uh, with the christian center mm-hmm. right, to, and, and service net yeah um to Fund and resource something, but then find the people to, to actually do it. Absolutely. Which, which is a lot of what we do in the city. I, I go to community meetings or coffee with a cop, and people, you know, and it, it's not usually public safety when it's us, but like, why isn't the city doing That's this? That's right. Yeah. It, we have certain responsibilities and roles, but we're not in every aspect of service. So many times we have to find a partner. Right. We might be able to fund it. We might be able to provide back office support for it, but we're not going to go do it. Right. Um, <clears throat> we, for example, we weren't going to staff the warming shelter. No. We don't we, have those we, people. We are not the experts on right. providing those types of services. Um, but we do have, like you say, a lot of relationships with a lot of the um, nonprofits and local yeah. agencies through our human service programs that we could pull together and say, tell us what you need and how can we assist you in, in, in that so one of the interesting on the topic of you know available res- housing stock uh living stock and where kind of that work is going as you said you know we need market rate housing affordable housing uh, and one of the things that has changed uh, dramatically probably since you went out to the bay area is there's a lot more interest in pittsfield now in urban living in in downtown living right uh, and i just i I think at your request recently participated in a in a survey about some of the stuff that's been going on um and that was one of the things i highlighted to the the surveyor it was you know it was related to the homelessness but it was like the 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 fabric of downtown has changed there there are more people living basically on north street yeah, uh, than there ever were when i was in school um and community development has been instrumental in in identifying some of those properties finding developers Mm -hmm. um i find it fascinating that in in pittsfield over the last you know many years commercial properties that were vacant or under occupied for a long time are now apartments and and and, you know office space and churches right this this move to convert uh, churches is i'm not going to say it's entirely unique but it's pretty unique to the city unique yeah i mean and that's i mean and that's that encompasses so many things that that preserves a historic structure i mean the work done on on tyler street Mm -hmm. that really you know we didn't lose that to a drive through Dunkin' Donuts. Those buildings are there and the character yeah. remains. Um, so that's really important. Um, and having people live downtown is really important too. I mean, that's there are customers for those businesses that are down there. They provide kind of a vibrant atmosphere that mm-hmm. we really want in, in the downtown. We want people you know, walking the streets, using the bird, um, the bike lanes, um, using our restaurants, restaurants um, having coffee, you know, um, just, just contributing Catching a to show. It. That's right. Going to one of the many local cultural organizations we have down there. I mean, the idea that there's a movie theater in our downtown, too, is is really uh, unique and I think really important. And, and something that, you know, again, credit to your predecessor, most 
small cities are losing their downtown right. cinemas. We were able to to gain one in a time that that, that just didn't happen, That's right? right? Yeah. Uh, if if you're you know old enough in the '80s, movie theaters went to malls. That That's that right. was just yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, at, I know you know when we were. We were maybe not you, um, you know. When we were kids, there was a handful of movie houses on or, or around North Street. There was, yeah. Um, you know, definitely not when I was in high school. By the, by the time I was in high school, we were we were down at the Cinema Center on West Susitonic Street. Yeah. But, um, so let's. Um, I had a train of thought and I just lost it. it you know, we've got 10 minutes left. You talk about what you want our viewers and listeners to know about your department and what's going on in your department now. Um, well, I think, like I say, I think I think we want to be um, responsive to the needs of the community, and we, and we can help, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so, I mean, we also, one of the other things we do, too, is we, we provide, like you mentioned, this coordination of resources that we're, we're telling people, Here's where you can go to get that assistance, um, and whether that's you know landlord tenant rights, we do we do some work in that neighborhood under our fair housing mandate. Um, whether it's just you know I have a problem and here's what I what I need, and we're able to I think kind of pull together uh, all the different departments, whether it's within our staff or within the city, to just sort of say. Um, how can we be helpful? You know, if you have a business that you want to bring here, how can we be, how, how can we help you do that um, and employ people and you know um, and those those uh, types of things um, and and how can we improve your housing? How can we improve the neighborhood? Can we put some you know, improvements in parks? Is that you know the lakes? I mean, what what makes a difference to people to make this as as so we say, for example, you just your 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 team just went through a public input process. Regarding a Pontusic Lake That's right. and the park at Pontusic Lake. That's right. Um, and has some amazing plans for some improvements that are going to occur up there. Yeah, I know. That's going to be a big project over the next uh, couple of years. Um, and then we have some, like I say, we have uh, housing that we will, you'll be seeing. I mean, okay. those projects typically take some time to come together, but there are things in the works there with creating some new housing and services regarding housing. So, I I remembered what I wanted to talk about, but then you just reminded me of something else that I, I changed my mind. I want to go down this path first. So a lot of what your department is involved in, um, you, have, you have a high degree of expertise in various areas, but because you have such a pervasive area of responsibility, a broad area of responsibility, you've got a wide, wide network of um, community organizations, businesses developers mm -hmm. uh and, and sometimes you may we may we may ask a question we the department said we may ask a question and it may not have anything to do with your actual objectives or mission but because of those relationships you might have a solution that's right and i don't think we've talked about this on this program before w because of the work you do and the relationships your department has and your staff um early early on in the pandemic one of the things, and I was just with Chief Sammons in this meeting yesterday, and this came up, one of the things that became critically concerning for public safety, not just in the city of Pittsfield, but when we talked to all of our partners throughout the county, is more so for firefighters and, and medics, but to a lesser extent, our, our police officers, was our first responders were obligated, duty-bound, to go into homes where we knew people were COVID positive because mm -hmm. they had to do their job. That's right. And we had several firefighters who had direct exposures, known exposures. And firefighters, police officers, medics, they have lives and, and families and, and loved ones. And they couldn't go home. Right? They, they couldn't yeah, go home. They, right. were, they were knowingly contaminated and exposed. And they had young children at home or they had immunocompromised relatives at home. Uh, and so Chief Sammons was a passionate advocate. He's like, we need to figure out what to do for these first responders who are exposed. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't the police department, fire department, or emergency management who came up with a solution. It was community development. Mm -hmm. uh, and in a matter of hours, actually, 
because we we had uh, Chief Sammons had done some planning. He had done some outreach, and we had a good plan that emergency management could do. But it was nowhere near as good as the plan that your predecessor came up with, yeah. um, or your predecessor and your team. Uh, and we were we were so grateful. Uh, and I know that. So I don't think the police department had to take advantage of it. The fire department definitely did, yeah. and some of the smaller volunteer fire departments definitely did. Yeah. Uh, and it took a lot of pressure off the first responder community. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, we had to come up with those solutions kind of really quickly. Very um, quickly. Yeah, I mean, and that was the same. We worked with a lot of the um, nonprofits who had similar issues about, um, you know, how to make their safe their space safe, how they could continue to provide services, how all of those issues were were things, and that was a part of that as well. So Chief Sammons and I, uh, and, and the mayor, Chief Sammons and I, uh, Colonel Grady, uh, some other staff, we met with representatives from MEMA yesterday mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to kind of just go over our, our COVID response and catch them up on our municipal after action review. And they had some questions, and one of the... Um, one of the things that we highlighted for them that we did here, uh, credit to the mayor, that a lot of municipalities didn't do is we, we stood up very quickly. In, in our world, we would, um, we would term the command and general staff or unified command, but what we referred to in real time as the COVID response task force. Right. And we, we listed for MEMA who was on it, and they were astounded, right? Because we're having these daily initially conference calls and then zoom meetings and community development was intimately involved in every aspect of our uh, our covid response planning and because community development was involved things like the warming uh shelter standing up the moving service net and standing up the shelter Mm -hmm. and a variety of the the first responder housing all of that stuff fell on your team that's right yeah Uh, and in addition to community development, we, we had a bunch of other city departments, finance, mm-hmm. communications, IT, and then a bunch of stakeholders outside of the city uh, that were in every one of those meetings. Yeah. And uh, we had gone through, um, I had gone through my notes before we went to that meeting yesterday, and I'd forgotten this. We were uh, on daily, like daily response meetings for 80 straight days yeah it was it was a lot of work i know i know and credit to your team as well for that taking a lot of that you had to jump in on a few couple of those yeah meetings. yeah we did i mean it was we was we were adapting weren't we in real time as to what the what the needs were it was really a unique experience so if somebody has been listening this morning or watching this morning and they're just completely blown away by all things community development and everything that your team can do for our residents or prospective residents or prospective business owners how do they get in touch with you what's the best way i think we have um we have a lot of information on our website we also we have a um, translation services as well through our department so we have uh, mostly all of it is in spanish as well and we are able to provide it in other languages Um, but you can either go to the website or um, our main number uh, 499-9368 would be where you would get in touch with us. And that that page within the website is at cityofpittsfield.org. And if you just click on government, the departments will pop up and there you can go. Yes. Um, lots of information on, on Community Development's website. And the phone number, um, Parks and Open Spaces has a pretty good social media presence. They certainly do. They're, uh, they're the leaders on yeah. that. Um, so we're almost out of time. What's, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, what are your plans for the weekend? For the weekend? Um, I am I'm going to go for a bike ride since the weather's nice. Um, and then I have an event on uh, Saturday night. It's, the, uh, it's at Proprietor's Lodge, and it's for, um, it's for Manny Slaughter's group. Nice. Um, okay. I, there's... I'm blanking on the name. St. John's John's Lodge. Yeah, Yeah. St. John's Lodge. They're bringing bringing their fundraiser back. They're bringing their fundraiser back in person. Uh, So I I was at Proprietors last week, and I saw Manny and Sean, Sean Grady, Uh who's a city employee, is his partner in putting that together. I didn't know it was this weekend. Yeah. So cool. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant, plans for the weekend? Nothing remarkable. (laughs) What does that mean? Probably just hanging out at home, a couple events, family events to go to. That's it. Okay. Do you, have, do you have plans, Chief? I my plans are evolving. Um, I, you know what? Yeah. So, 
we my I, I train jujitsu. We talk about that all the time. Um, my gym shut down when everybody else did, but we were able to get back to remote training very very quickly uh, that first July, and we have gone from that first July 2020 until uh, this week with no known positive cases in the gym population and then last week they gave us notice that they're they're on extended um, safety closure and they extended it last night through the weekend so got to come up with a different plan for some exercise probably get outside yeah Um, we'll see what happens we are out of time you have been listening to another new episode of on patrol with the ppd here on wtbr 89.7 fm pittsfield community radio Simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, available on all of your podcast platforms. Tune in next week for another new episode. I think. I'm pretty sure I'm still here. If not, we'll make one of the other guys do it. But until then, be safe, be healthy, and most importantly, be kind. We're 10-8.